We welcome those of you who are watching online to our worship service here at Piedmont Community Church. We begin with the call to worship. We live in the shelter of the Most High, in the shadow of God Almighty. Our refuge and our fortress is God, in whom we trust. God will shelter us under his wings. Because God watches over us, we have no reason to fear. For God is always ready to help in times of trouble. God's loving presence is our sure defense. God's salvation is our joy. Let us worship our loving and powerful God. I invite you all to join me for the opening prayer of preparation and confession. Holy and loving God, we come to you in trying times. We're anxious, our minds race with what ifs and fear of the unknown, and our hearts are heavy for those we have already lost and those who are in danger. Yet we're so grateful for the privilege of bringing these concerns to you in prayer. We ask that you enter into the depths of our worries, bring our comfort, relief, and resilience to all in our country and across the world. Help us use this time when we've been focused on, slow, on the slow pace of our lives to reflect, to learn how to listen to each other, and to deepen our bonds of community, even in this time of separation. May we hear your voice with greater clarity. May we treat each other with kindness and respect. May we be patient and calm. And may we be generous in caring for and praying for those who are most in need. These things we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we know God's word to be true, and in his word he promises us that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us for that sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us remember that and let it affect the way we live. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, there are moments in our lives where we realize our oneness as the human family on this earth, our island home. That moment for us is now. Today we come to you not as a Republican or Democrat, independent or libertarian. We come to you not as Americans only, but as world citizens, united with one very deep concern. Help us to bend this disease as a way of realizing our oneness. We pray for calm instead of panic. We pray for healing for those who suffer. We pray for wisdom among all leaders. As we need to stay our distance from each other and mind rules of sanitation, help us to find creative ways to extend hopeful hospitality rather than hostility. We recall how Jesus went through towns and villages curing every disease and illness. We remember how he went to Samaria, the enemies of his own people, and gave to them his healing love. In the spirit of Jesus, we pray for all who suffer on this globe from virus and pain, of body, mind, spirit, displacement, hunger, homelessness, and loneliness. Heal us from fear that keeps us from working together, both here and internationally. Heal us from the pride that acts like we are not vulnerable like everyone else. Heal us with your presence midst uncertainty, 
and especially in moments of sorrow and despair. Help us to remember that you are with us until that day of the joy where you make all things new. We dare to pray all these things in the name of the one who came and taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You shall cross the barren desert, but you shall not die of thirst. You shall wander far in safety, though you do not know the way. You shall speak your words in foreign lands, and all will understand. You shall see. Well, none of us expected to be in a place like this, even a couple of days ago. We're sheltering in place wherever we are, but here we are. Here I am. There you are, wherever you are, watching me online. But the truth is that wherever we are, we are really all in this together. And it's important in a time when 
Lots of stuff is going on that's very stressful and very unfamiliar and strange to us out there in the world and right here inside of our hearts. It's important for us all to, to deal with what's going on in a very unfamiliar time the best way that we can. And a lot of that has to do with how you look at things. For example, just yesterday, word got out from Governor Gavin Newsom that Apparently, 56% of Californians could be infected by the COVID-19 virus in the next eight months. And believe me, maybe like you, I got all sorts of people in kind of a panic saying, oh my gosh, did you hear what the governor said? Until later on, it was pointed out that what he really said and meant was that if we do nothing to mitigate the virus's spread, that's how, how things could get really bad. That's where that 56% comes from. So there's no reason to panic. There's no reason to panic and spread rumors and things like that. But here we are anyway. We're still dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of things going on inside and outside of us. We're doing lots of things, social distancing, we are sheltering in place, we're washing our hands and all the rest. Health authorities tell us that if we each try to do our best to follow the uh, recommendations and the instructions that we're all getting, we lessen the risk of exposing vulnerable people to the virus and then getting them sick and then sending them to hospitals and overwhelming our healthcare system. And that's reason enough for us to keep our physical distance from each other, at least for a time. Doesn't make it easy though, absolutely not. It's not easy for me, it's not easy for you. And then there's this for all of us as Christians. If Jesus, if Jesus is our model for how to reach out and touch people and heal people and care for people, then it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around the idea that we're supposed to be staying away from each other. Now some of you, aren't staying away from each other. You're on the front lines. You are face-to-face, hand-to-hand helping people, whether you are a, a, a caregiver in a hospital or a clinical setting, or you are um, a provider of first responder, or you're working in a grocery store or a pharmacy, a gas station, all these other places. And I gotta say that on behalf of all the rest of us, we are really so grateful, so grateful for what you're doing. But for all the rest of us, those who are trying to shelter in place, the question is what can we do to get through this time together? Well, as a church, we can be in contact with each other and we're, we're doing that and we'll do a lot more of that in the days and weeks ahead, be in contact especially with those who are vulnerable, lonely, to offer our assistance and support. We can gather together online in groups. We've already done that. A few of the groups have met that way and more will. We can pray. Most of all though, what I think we need to do is try to stay calm as best we can. We each do that in our own ways, of course. For me, the way that I try to stay calm is I look for familiar things things that remind me of normalcy in a time that is anything but normal. 
For example, in our worship service last week, we reflected a bit on Psalm 23, which is a, a psalm, a, a passage of scripture that many of us have memorized. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Those are familiar and soothing words to many of us. They've been that way for generations, Christians, Jews, others. Although, maybe you notice something a bit unusual about how I just read that psalm. As I said, most of it seemed or sounded familiar, ordinary, but there was some of it missing, too. That's kind of like the life we're all leading now. You know, things seem really familiar in so many ways, but there are things missing right now, too. Important things. You know, when I was younger, every time I would try to recite from memory the 23rd Psalm, I would skip right over a few verses there in the middle. I'd go straight from the valley of the shadow of death to surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And that's what I just did here today when I read the 23rd Psalm out loud. I left out three little verses in that brief metaphorical switch where just for a moment, God is transformed from a reliable good shepherd into a sort of thoughtless dinner host. Here are the missing words. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And I have to say that taken out of context, those are some pretty weird words. Pretty strange image there. I mean, why on earth would God want to make dinner for me and serve it right in front of the people who hate my guts, my enemies. I can hardly think of a, think of a le least less peaceful or calm thing than that. So what's going on here? Well, tradition tells us that the person who wrote the psalm, like many of the other psalms, was King David. And when he wrote it, he was on the run. He had lots of enemies. They were chasing him hither and yon throughout uh, Judah and, and uh, the north. And the whole time, he says, that God provided for him. That's what that psalm's all about, that God provided for King David as he was on the run. And to understand maybe a little bit of what, what's going on here, a theologian named Kenneth Bailey pointed out years ago that in the ancient world, there was a there was social, set of social rules called the law of the desert. And it says that if a stranger comes to your home 
or to your camp, you have to show them hospitality. No, no matter who they are, where they come from, you have to take care of them. And then there's a second part of the law, too, that holds that even if you are being chased by your enemies at night, when you arrive at the campfire of a host, your enemy must stay as far away from you as the light extends from the fire. And when you consider that, the psalm starts to make some sense. It says that whenever you find yourself afraid or on the run, God is preparing a safe and welcoming place for you. Whatever it is that threatens your life has to keep its distance from the light, from the light of God's love and support and protection. And that brings us to the second image in this passage where it says that God will anoint your head with oil. Years ago, a guy named Philip Keller, who was a, actually a shepherd, he wrote a pretty well-known little book on the 23rd Psalm. And when he got to this part of the Psalm, he says that sheep have a problem with a pest that's called the nose fly. Fly lays its eggs in the sheep's nose, and then they hatch, and the nose gets infected. So 20, or sorry, 2,000 years ago, a good Palestinian shepherd would smear a mixture of olive oil or sulfur and spices on the sheep's nose. He'd literally anoint its head with oil. And as Keller says, what an incredible transformation this made among the sheep. Once the oil was applied to their heads, there was an immediate change in behavior. Gone was the frenzy, aggravation, irritability, and restlessness, replaced by a soothing sense of calm. It's a pretty good picture of where we are all today, too. There's an infection out there. We're afraid of it, what it could do to us, what it could do to those we love. And what we all desperately want, what we're seeking above all, is relief from uncertainty, restlessness, sickness, fear. And so we come to the verse in the psalm that says, My cup runneth over. And you know, each one of us, as a human being, we all have a cup. It's our perspective on life. How we look at things at any given time is our cup, as you know, half full or half empty or totally empty or, you know, brimming over. There's a story about two men who were in the same hospital room. One of them was allowed to sit up in bed for an hour every afternoon to clear the fluid from his lungs to let it drain. And his bed was next to the only window in the room. The other guy spent his whole day and night lying flat on his back. And every afternoon when the guy who was in the bed next to the window would sit up, he would pass the time by describing all the amazing things he saw from out that window. He'd describe it for his roommate. The man in the other bed began to live for these times when he would hear about what was going on in the outside world. 
The window overlooked a park with a lovely lake, and ducks and swans were playing on the water while children sailed their model boats. Young lovers walked arm in arm in the midst of flowers of every color, and a fine view of the whole city skyline could be seen in the distance. As the man by the window described all this stuff to the other guy in exquisite detail, the man by the door would close his eyes and imagine the scene. And days and weeks passed like this. Then one morning, the day nurse came in and noticed that the man in the bed by the window had passed away peacefully in his sleep. She called the hospital attendants to take the body away, and as soon as it seemed appropriate, the other man asked if he could be moved to the bed next to the window. So the switch was made, and then slowly, painfully, he propped himself up on his elbow to have his first look at the world outside. And he realized he was looking at a blank wall. Turns out, he asked the nurse, what could have compelled the, the guy who'd been in the bed before, the man who had died, what could have compelled him to describe such wonderful things outside of this window? And the nurse responded that the man was actually blind. He couldn't even see the wall. She said, perhaps he just wanted to encourage you. You know, that's kind of our job these days, too, right now, to take care of ourselves and each other, to take the barrenness of whatever it is that surrounds us, whatever has us beaten down or isolated or sick or afraid, to broaden our perspective as best we can and to find a place of peace and calm. Someone once asked Mother Teresa how she found peace in her life, and she responded, It happens every night when I go to sleep. I gather up all the things that are bothering me, and I turn them over to God, because he's going to be up all night anyway. That's a pretty good way of thinking about prayer. It's not the only way, of course, so this moment, today, I want to close by teaching you or reminding you of another way to pray. It's called centering prayer. It's something you can do once a day or more often, whatever you like, and it only takes a couple of minutes. It could take one minute, it could take five minutes, it can take 20 minutes. And it's very simple. So I invite all of you, wherever you are, whatever setting you're in, to get into a comfortable position. Take a moment. Maybe put your feet on the floor, your hands in your lap. And if you're comfortable, I invite you to close your eyes. And if not, just close your eyes slightly and Focus your attention gently on something before you, maybe on a candle, like we have a candle here in our sanctuary. And take time now that you're in a position where you're centered in your body 
your eyes closed or gently closed. Take some time to focus on your breathing, just to quiet down your mind and your heart. You're just going to take about a minute in quiet. Focus on your breathing, the up and the down, this breath and the next. Now, as we're focusing on our breathing, I invite you to think of a single, simple word that expresses your response to God's presence. It could be something like faith, or Father, or Spirit, or love, or peace, or Jesus, whatever it is. Focus on that word and repeat it silently in your mind. And whenever you become aware of anything else coming up in your mind, just come back to the word that you've chosen. Try as best you can to focus on it. Distractions are natural, normal, unavoidable, but just come back to your word as best you can. And we'll take just about a minute to focus, to center on the Word and God's presence. Now I'm going to invite you to slowly come out of this centering prayer. I invite you to open your eyes. Be present in the space that you're in, wherever you are. And enjoy whatever sense of peace and calm you experience. As I said, you can come back to this space anytime you feel like it. You can do it just a couple minutes, you can do it for 20 minutes, once a day more, whatever it is. But try to come back to it. Come back to God. Come back to your senses, to your true self, when so much in this world 
is running around like crazy, making you feel uncomfortable, making you feel anxious, scared, whatever it is, come back to the center. That is God's presence in your life. And as I said, wherever you are, wherever we are, as we shelter in place, the truth is that we're all in this together and that God is in it with us too. Amen. I'd like to invite you all to join me now in the prayer of thanksgiving. Holy God, what a gift you have given us in Jesus, our rock and our redeemer. In this time of uncertainty, rekindle our faith, renew our spirits, relive our fear, and grant us courage. For wherever we go, Jesus has gone before us and continues to go on the path with us. In gratitude, therefore, we dedicate these gifts and our lives to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, and now, brothers and sisters, as we prepare to end this service of worship, I would normally say go out into the world and take with you whatever it is that you've experienced or heard that gives you a sense of God's presence in this space. But the space is different today. The message remains the same, though. Wherever you are, take with you whatever sense of God's spirit, love, protection, healing, and mercy that you have received in this time we've spent together and share it with others as best you can, wherever you can, however you can. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each and every one of you, both now and forevermore. Amen.